Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Too much of a good thing is too much of a good thing. Ms. M was a striking appearing woman with bright red hair, only contrasted by her tie-dye dress and prominent large sunglasses she wore while in the waiting room in clinic. Only after seeing her without her glasses did I realize she was of Asian heritage one of those Chinese with red hair, although she denied being of yogurt descent and only noted a full Han background. Her sunglasses belied the issue that had brought her to see me, significant headaches, which she'd been diagnosed for years. When going through the details, it was clear that she'd had many of the associated factors we see for migraines, unexplained abdominal pain as a youth, ice cream headaches, which she noted were, quote, freezy headaches, unquote, bad motion sickness as far back as she could remember, including a time when she got sick in the family station wagon on a long drive down the New England coast, which she described in absolutely graphic detail, and significant sensitivities to certain foods, particularly milk chocolate, although she noted that it might have been a combination with lactose intolerance. Ironically, she noted that smoking actually didn't affect her headaches at all, but if she stopped her half pack of cigarettes daily, her headaches were very much worse. Ms. M referred to herself as a communication design engineer, which, when queried, seemed to be the combination of a graphic designer with a fairly sophisticated knowledge of engineering and media. She worked odd hours, often into the night, and would often need to pull all-nighters to get her projects done. She noted that this really didn't bother her, and that she was used to this pace of work, since, as a contractor, she set her own hours anyway, and she could always catch up and sleep at another time. However, it was the headaches that were becoming more problematic, and this was causing her to have quite an issue with finishing projects, since when a headache occurred, she had no choice but to go into a dark room, put some eye chains on, put earplugs in, and sleep off, as she termed it, the curse. I blame my mother, she said, noting that her mother had the same type of thing, although it had gradually gone away. It's hard to fight genetics. Indeed. She'd seen her primary care physician years ago, who had placed her on a given medication to inject herself with when she started getting a headache. This had worked for some time, and Ms. M noted that for a while she actually had no headaches, even with iced desserts, to her significant delight. Over the past few months, though, her headaches had apparently returned, at first not very frequently, perhaps one in a month, albeit of the same severity, thus needing to be in a dark, silent room. She dutifully took her medication, which seemingly worked to decrease the duration of her headache a bit, but not to abort it. This was notable to Ms. M, and she called her primary care physician, who noted that upon the first notions of a headache, she should give herself the injection. In addition, Ms. M was under a great deal of stress. She had a couple of projects to finish, which were close to deadline, and she needed to prepare for a large bid in the coming months for a key project with one of the local sports teams. So for the past several months, when she started having hints of a headache, she'd treat herself like her doctor had suggested. In contrast to what she expected, her headaches worsened. In fact, they were now virtually daily, where they'd start in the morning, but wouldn't necessarily last all day, but maybe half a day. She needed to get a refill on her injections, since she'd been using them three or four times a week to stave off potentially worsening headaches. She revisited her primary care doctor, 
who then referred her to our clinic for further evaluation. Ms. M's story was clear, and her examination was entirely normal, not unexpectedly. We had a long discussion on her smoking, which she noted she'd been doing for years, as a nervous habit picked up from an old boyfriend long ago. She admitted she was wasting her money on this bad habit, noting it was just, as she said, lighting up $5 bills every time she smoked. I told her it wasn't making her headaches any better either, to which she expressed some mild surprise, but acknowledged that other health aspects related to the detriments of cigarettes were definitely present. I then told her that I thought her headaches were being caused by her medications, that the current pattern of use, namely overuse, was causing her issues. But how is that possible? She asked, incredulous to my statement. These medications have helped me for years. I told that sometimes this could happen, especially when patients started increasing the frequency of administering these abortive medications. While the mechanism of these headaches isn't clear, it is something that we see, and we can approach it differently than that in the past. We would need to put her on a regular dose of medication and limit and change the type of abortive agent she used. This should break the cycle of her headaches to allow her to function and not be afraid she'd be getting a headache every day. Well, the one thing I didn't want to do was to have to take medications every day, said Ms. M. But I guess I'm doing it almost every day now. We started her on a prophylactic medication and limited her to three doses of abortive medication in the month. I need to warn you that your headaches may worsen a bit as we do this transition, I said. But this should clear up fairly quickly after that. While the patient frowned, she said nothing in response but then subsequently acknowledged it couldn't be worse than what she was going through currently. Well, the patient did have some difficulty over the next two weeks, and I received a few phone calls about her having headaches, but encouraged her to stay the course to which she did. When she returned to my clinic at the end of the month, she noted that she had finished both jobs and both had been renewed. She was flying high. The headaches didn't stop me from finishing my projects, she noted happily. I still don't know if I got that other contract, but at least I put in the bid. Noting that her headaches were significantly improved, I decided to push a bit harder. I think this could be even better if you stopped smoking, I said. It isn't good for you, and it will make your life miserable both now and in the future. She frowned again. Tell you what, she said. If I get that sports contract, I'll quit smoking. Promise. While I wish she didn't use an external fixation to commit to a personal healthy behavior, I demurred. Okay, I'll need to see you at least until you get that news. She smiled and went on her way. A couple of months later, Ms. N came back to my clinic. In her hand, she had a pack of new cigarettes and half a pack of opened ones. Here you go, doctor, she said happily. I told you my promise, and a promise is a promise. I assume you got the contract, I said expectantly. Well, not exactly. I got part of the contract, but it's a damn good excuse to throw these things out of my life. Sometimes we just need a little push to do the right thing. Sometimes we do, and that we just need to realize it. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.